What's up? Hey. <laughs> Welcome back to the Blues Library Podcast. I'm Ashley and I'm joined by my lovely co-host Lexi. Hey. <laughs> oh, all right. This is not a spoiler-free show. So if you have not read the entire book or series, stop now. <laughs> Repeat, stop now if you have not read the entire series. Especially because this is the, like, most recent book in the series, so, like... We love you, but get out! (laughs) We love it against you. (laughs) No. All right, so the book we will be talking about today is The Hawthorne Legacy by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. This is the second book in the Inheritance Game series. We are excited. Oh, we'll, yes. We'll have loved this book. All right, kick us off with the synopsis, Ash. All right, so this synopsis is a little long because a lot of shit happens. Okay, so to kick it off, Avery and Jameson are frustrated that they haven't been able to solve the mystery of Tobias Hawthorne in the one week since the last book ended. So, Toby is believed to have died 20 years ago after a tragic vacation to the private island with friends, Hawthorne Island. The bodies of Toby's friends were found and his wasn't, so Avery believes Toby is Harry, the homeless man that she used to play checkers with in the park back home. Avery and Jameson make a friendly wager to motivate them into working harder to find the answers to the Toby mystery once and for all. If Jameson solves the mystery, Avery will forgive him for his, quote, lapse of judgment after they decoded the black wood where he suddenly dropped all interest in her after finding out that she wasn't chosen to be Tobias's heir because she was special. If Avery <laughs> so wins if Avery wins, Jameson has to forget that they ever kissed and never tried to charm her into kissing him again. So Avery now owns a pro football team and is forced to attend a game and as they drive up to the stadium she spots her deadbeat father Ricky in the crowd. She doesn't talk to him not really though. Later, Libby tries to convince Avery that Ricky isn't interested in her newfound wealth. He just wants to reconnect with her. Avery doesn't buy it as she fucking should it. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. I fucking hate Ricky. Dave. Oh my god. At school, Avery finds a photo from an article about Ricky and his appearance at the stadium and a pile of papers with comments from the readers about Avery in her locker. Many of them are threatening, even violent. When Avery tells her bodyguard about the incident, he tells her about the list, a group of names of people who are deemed possible security threats to Avery. Ricky and Sky are both on this list. Again, a- as they should be. <laughs> exactly. Avery, Jameson, and Xander all have the same idea to break into the wing where Toby lived, which has been bricked up for 20 years. Avery finds a homemade cipher disc inside a clock. Xander discovers a secret compartment under Toby's bed that has been inscribed with lines from a poem called The Poison Tree by Will. William Blake. Avery realizes the poem is a clue, which leads her and Jameson to search the legal books in Toby's library where they find a code. They use the cipher disc to reveal an unfinished poem written by Toby. To finish it, they use the black light to uncover a secret diary Toby kept on the walls of his room. It reveals Toby discovered he was secretly adopted. Avery also recognizes Toby's handwriting because it matches the signature her father wrote on her birth certificate. If Toby is her birth father, the fact that Tobias Hawthorne left his fortune to Avery makes a lot more sense. And it would explain why her DNA does not match Tobias Hawthorne's DNA. Avery and Jameson discovered four of the charities to which Tobias wanted to give money upon his death 
had to do with the three young men and one young woman who were killed on the trip that they took 20 years ago with Toby. They also seem to point to the previously unknown fathers of Skye's four sons. A visit to Skye confirms this, as well as the fact that she's now sleeping with Ricky Grahams. Skye threatens Avery. Sky threatens Avery by saying it isn't too late for Sky to have another baby. A child who would be able to inherit Avery's fortune if something were to happen to her. Elisa has a phone delivered to Max and advises Avery to confide in Max, not the Hawthorne brothers. Avery calls Max, they reconnect, and Max surprises Avery by coming to stay at the Hawthorne house. Yay! I love I Max. <laughs> I love it. When Jameson and Grayson are in Arizona looking into the charity connected to Grayson's newfound biological father, Xander tells Avery he believes Toby and the three friends who went to the island with him and subsequently died were all recovering drug addicts who met while receiving treatment at Camden House, one of the charities listed in Tobias's will. Meanwhile, Jameson and Grayson met with Grayson's biological father, who accuses Toby of setting the fire on Hawthorne Island and Tobias of paying big bucks to keep the police quiet about it. Avery remembers a section of Tobias's will referring to Skye's inheritance and talking about a compass and true north. She realizes it's a clue pointing to Tobias's vacation home in the Colorado mountains, which is named True North. Avery, along with Max, Libby, Bex, Thea, all four of the Hawthorne brothers, Elisa, and Avery's security team travel there. Holy mother of God, that's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> Find a message in a hidden room between Skye and Zara's bedrooms that indicate the sisters had a terrible fight when they were younger. A photograph of the sisters with a mystery man leads to the discovery of a love triangle, a betrayal, and the identity of Nash Hawthorne's biological father. The teens also find a blank sheet of paper they believe contains a hidden message. In order to decode it, they will need Tobias's wedding ring. While in Colorado, Avery and Jameson kiss in the hot tub, and they agree that the relationship means nothing with no strings attached. The appearance of a stranger in the woods interrupts their makeout session. Avery's security team insists she returns to Hawthorne House for her own safety. Tobias left his wedding ring to Zara in his will, so the teens secretly search her suite to find it. Zara catches them and tells them that she will let them look at the ring for five minutes if they give her five million dollars. Instead, they ask Nan, the Hawthorne brother's great-grandmother, if she will let them have Tobias's dead wife's ring to offer Zara in trade. Nan agrees. Avery notices both rings have numerical inscriptions on them, and the teens find out that the numbers are coordinated that point to another of Tobias's vacation homes, this one in Costa Rica. So much travel in this book. Meanwhile, Libby and Nash are in Connecticut trying to locate Harry slash Toby. They don't find him, but they do encounter another homeless man who gives them a note from Harry slash Toby for Avery that says, stop looking. What did you say, dear? Your abscess. That's disgusting. Why did you have to call it an abscess? It makes it sound like it's pus filled. That is gross. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna keep going. Xander comes to tell Avery, Max, Jameson, and Grayson his theory that Bex's mother, who is the daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Laughlin, is actually Toby's birth mother. Avery confronts Mrs. Laughlin with the theory. She acknowledges it's true. When Avery tells her she believes Toby is her father, Mrs. Laughlin, who has despised Avery up to this point, finally embraces her, realizing Avery could be her great-granddaughter. Can you still hear Jacob? Ma'am, just keeps talking. Uh, I need to put Jacob, what? stop talking. Off. I can hear you. I don't care. You want your voice all over you the internet? Lunch? I mean, it's pretty much dinner. I'm an old person. It's dinner. Tell him. This is breakfast for you. I woke up. 
Before one, I did ask Lexi. <laughs> she did. She texted me. I texted Lexi at, hold on, let me get the receipt. I texted Lexi at just before one o'clock at 1255. You want to see the receipts, bitch? Don't ever listen to anything this host tells you. <laughs> it's always wrong. No way. I know what time she texted me. Bitch. Okay. I love that weirdo. Okay. Because Sky and Ricky are offering themselves as a tantalizing interview package, Elisa hastily arranges to buy them out and offers up Avery and Grayson instead. Despite instructions to keep it cool, Grayson gets angry while being interviewed, and Avery almost blurts out her suspicion that Toby is her father. To stop her, Grayson kisses her, and it's caught on video by all of the cameras. That part made my heart happy. Avery is confused because it doesn't feel like an innocent kiss, and the two of them are only supposed to be friends. Because it wasn't an innocent kiss. (laughs) It was not. (laughs) Libby and Nash fly to Costa Rica, where they meet with Nash's birth father, who is the caretaker of Tobias's home there. Jake Nash gives them a vial of purple powder they use to reveal a secret message written on the paper found in Colorado. It's a note from Tobias that says he has always known Toby didn't die on Hawthorne Island and that he has been actively looking for his missing son for years. The letter directs them to a safe deposit box that contains papers relating to the search, including the official police report from the incident. A list of locations of where Toby has been tracked to sound familiar to Avery. They correspond with the postcards her mother kept. Avery suddenly realizes she prob- they probably contain messages written in invisible ink. You're the best. Left or right? I don't care. Right. I said my right. No, she like reviews them and talks shit with her cousin. Go away. <laughs> they're just porn, so really they're just they are not. It's like, young adult. They barely kiss. <laughs> sit over here and talk about porn with each other. Porn is good for the soul. That was last. That was last week's episode recorded, and then next yeah. week's, not this yeah. week's, Jacob. <laughs> this book is not a porn book. Last week and next week are porn books. This one is not. <laughs> There's a difference. Oh, that's great. Okay. Avery suddenly realizes they probably contain messages written in invisible ink. The messages reveal a relationship between Toby and Hannah, Avery's mom. References to Kaylee Rooney, the young woman who was killed on Hawthorne Island in the vacation with Toby, indicates Hannah was Kaylee's sister. Avery finds out the Rooneys are notorious drug dealers and want nothing to do with Avery. When the police report is retrieved from the safe deposit box, Avery learns the house on Hawthorne Island was soaked in gas by Toby. Lightning struck, accidentally lighting the whole place on fire. By traveling to Hawthorne Island, she also learns Toby was badly injured in the fire and nursed back to health by Hannah, with whom he fell in love. As she's getting on a plane to go home, a bomb explodes, landing Avery in a coma for a week. Ricky and Skye are put in prison for planting the bomb, even though it's later revealed that they didn't do it, and Sheffield Grayson had the bomb planted. Elisa tells Avery the result of her DNA test that Avery really is Ricky Grimes' daughter, and Toby Hawthorne is not her biological father. At a knock, Avery opens the secret passageway in her room, expecting Jameson to be on the other side. It's Thea who leads her into a trap. Thea explains Bex. This part made me so mad. I feel that, though. This part made me so mad when she opens the door, because I was like, are you stupid, bitch? You've tried, like, somebody tried to kill you twice already, and you're just gonna open it? I hella feel. Oh my god, I totally agree. <laughs> it's Thea who leads her into a trap. Thea explains Bex is being held prisoner, so Thea had no choice. Melly, a new maid at Hawthorne House, knocks Avery out with chloroform. When she comes to, she's tied to a chair in a storage room that smells strongly of gasoline. Sheffield Grayson, Grayson's biological father, tells her he's trapped her in order to flush out Toby, whom he believes is Avery's biological father, and whom he blames for his nephew's death on Hawthorne Island. Although Avery denies it, Sheffield says he has DNA tests to 
prove it. It is revealed Melly's DNA was actually used for the test, and her half-sister Eve is Toby's real biological daughter, not Avery. But Melly explains she and her brother Eli, a security guard on Avery's detail, have been working at Hawthorne House and with Sheffield in order to flush out Toby to insist he provide for Eve. They never wanted to hurt Avery or anyone else. Toby, who has appeared in the storage room, agrees Eve will be taken care of. While Toby distracts Sheffield, Avery is able to loosen her restraints. Millie shoots and kills Sheffield. Toby tells Avery, although she's not his biological daughter, he always thought of her as his child. He informs her he was there the night Avery was born, and he named her. Although Avery begs Toby to stay, he says that he can't. His punishment for what happened on Hawthorne Island is permanent exile. In the last scene, Avery and Jameson are together on a rooftop. Avery kisses him, letting him know she has chosen him to love. (sighs) That was a lot. Okay. That last sentence really gets me. I'm not happy. I agree. Okay. So, but I we're just, talk I don't about know. That in a sec because <laughs> I have strong feelings about it. Okay. okay. All right. What is your makeup look, Ash? Okay. Hold on. Let me look at my face because I totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> So let's see my left eye I did okay let me just describe my take on this obviously you could tell there is a love triangle happening okay it's Avery Grayson and Jameson so basically what I did is I took both of the guys and I did my eyeshadow like their eye colors so my left eye is Jameson's eye color his eyes are green so he has dark green eyes it's said multiple times so I have dark green on the inner and outer corner and then um I have a gold like in the middle of my eyelid um because I feel like it's a really pretty accent color to green so that's why I chose it anyway um I also did like a shorter um eyeliner like a shorter wing on my eyeliner because I feel like Jameson isn't quite as sharp as Grayson is with like his attitude so I was like makes sense keep it a little bit shorter and like prettier looking even though they're both hot um so dramatic because let's be let's be honest while i love grayson with all my heart he is a dramatic fucking person he totally is holy fuck he's such a drama queen (laughs) i love it okay my right eye grayson's eyes are ice gray and he has white blonde hair. So the outer corner of my eye is like a lighter gray. And then I have the cut crease and the cut crease is um, white for his hair. So it's like his gray eyes and white hair. Also, the wing on this side is a lot longer and sharper because I feel like Grayson is just kind of like, he reminds me of like a little needle that just like keeps poking shit to like take people off, you know? What I mean. You know, Grayson could cut a bitch just with a look. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right, Lex, what's your makeup look? All right. So first of all, I just want to say one thing. I have either completely blocked out because I didn't like what I imagined in my head the way that the author describes Grayson, or I just completely ignored the description of Grayson altogether because I did not picture him as a blonde. <laughs> I just pictured him with super dark brown hair. Because <laughs> I'm going to be real honest, the, the ice gray eyes and the blonde hair kind of freaks me out now that you pointed that out. I know! <laughs> like, I'm imagining it in my head and I'm like, that's kind of scary. I feel, so I always <laughs> thought he had brown hair and then I was like, well, I guess that changes his <laughs> I'm still imagining it the way that I did, but anyways, 
I kind of, because when they went to True North in Colorado and they were doing the ski stuff and everything, I kind of liked that vibe. Um, Didn't have a way to capture snow on my eyes as much as I tried, but I did like a sparkly silver on the outer corner and then a white, like really, really, really glittery white on my lid. And that, that's it. <laughs> it looks great. <laughs> I, it's cute it's simple I feel like you know it kind of it does give me when I looked at myself in the mirror when I was uh grabbing something I was like ooh, ice queen <laughs> so I was like yeah it, it kind of worked <laughs> I like it all right let's get into some discussion questions Woohoo! All right. Did you like the travel in this book? I loved it. I, you know, when I, when you first, in the first book, when it said that she has to stay at the Hawthorne house for a year, I didn't think that we were going to get a lot of travel. And I hope in the third one, there is more as well, because I liked it. And I liked how <laughs> literally everyone went. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It just kind of, I don't know, it it made it like almost like a chaotic, weird feeling. But I really, I really enjoyed it. Did you like it? I did. It gave it more like, it made me more interested because I was like, ooh, what places are we going to go? You know what I mean? Something Um, new, something different than the estate. Yeah. And it also brings into like what all like the house and everything that it stands for and being able to go away and go somewhere where it's not like the Hawthorne estate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I liked it. What are your thoughts on the first names of each of the boys being the last names of their biological fathers? They don't really feel like last names. So I I, I didn't mind it. If it was like a weird last name, I would have been like, all right, this is a little much (laughs) but since it was just their names that you would see people having as first names so I didn't really have thoughts on it I was just like oh okay maybe I mean maybe Sky had a heart at some point and was like oh let's honor their dads I don't know. I feel like it wasn't honor. I feel like it was like her way of being like, this is your kid and you haven't reached out to be in their life. So this like, while their last name isn't your name, you still like the kid still has his last name. Did all of the dads know though? Cause so, I, it kind of here, seemed like, I know that like, at least I think for Grayson's, his dad knew and didn't want anything to do with it. But I didn't, we didn't really get much on the other threes. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a, I felt like maybe some of it too though is that like she didn't tell them or something. Okay, I have the quote here. It says, this family is prominent enough that any of the men I slept with would have to live under a rock not to know that they had a son. But like, I don't know. I feel this guy's, like that's not this guy's a fucking psycho too. And not to mention, she should have made it a point to tell the dads. That's my biggest problem because yeah. I'm like, okay, I understand you gave birth, you grew the child inside of you, but that is still his son too. And you should have given him the opportunity to tell you yes or no, I want to be a part of the child's life. Mm-hmm. Especially because she has four kids by four different guys. They probably were like, oh, I slept with her just because she got pregnant a little while after. Doesn't mean she wasn't sleeping with other people at the same time. Right. So even though they had their last names as their first names it's still i don't know it's it just mm. feels so hawthorne for that to be like what <laughs> <Right>. happened <laughs> like it fits wow. 
it fits really well. <laughs> I know. Did you think Avery was Toby's daughter? I hella did for like the longest time. And then when, even when Elisa did the DNA test and was like, oh, Toby's not your father. Ricky is like, I was like, no, nah, this bitch be lying. Like, she's totally Toby's daughter. That's how it is. <laughs> so I, from, once I kind of realized that, like, Harry was playing a bigger role in the first book, like, the first time I thought of that, I was like, okay, but there's gotta be a reason, because why the fuck else would this rich-ass motherfucker, I guess he's technically, because he's dead, but, you know, he comes from a wealthy family, so how is this motherfucker in a fucking park being, like, homeless, playing chess, with this 17-year-old girl. There's no way that that would just be a random thing or a coincidence. He's got to be a bigger thing. But on top of that, I, while he, or while Avery wasn't his biological daughter, he was, or she was very much Toby's daughter. I would agree with that. Um, That kind of leads into like this other question. How do you feel about Eve and her relationship with Toby, given Toby's relationship with Avery? I'll be honest. I don't remember anything about Toby and Eve's relationship. Because there isn't one. So So let me tell you what bothers me a lot about this. Avery is not related to Toby, but Toby has constantly been in Avery's life in in quotation marks because he's constantly sending sending letters to Hannah and after Hannah passes away he's looking out for Avery playing chess with her connecting with her whatever they are not related but Toby has an actual daughter that he does not bother to get to know and does not bother to reach out to or take care of until he's confronted at the end of this book about her. And that really bothers me. So think about it this way, though. We don't know what happened between Toby and Eve's mother. Maybe at some point there was a big thing and the mother kept Eve from him. Maybe there's a thing where as... How old was Eve again? Was she about the same age? I thought so. Or was she younger? Because if she's about the same age as Avery, then maybe there was something where maybe Eve made the decision, I don't want anything to do with him. Maybe it wasn't Toby's decision. So I get what you're saying, and I agree with what you're saying, if it was Toby's decision. But what if it wasn't his decision? Yeah, I totally get that. That's definitely a good point. And if Eve's mother made the decision, there's not much Toby can do considering that the world thinks he's dead, or at least disappeared. That's true. Okay, she's older. Eve is older than Avery because Toby got the mom pregnant with Eve. Okay, I remember this. So it was the summer that Toby died. They were on like a road trip or something and he slept with a waitress. The waitress got pregnant and had Eve. But Avery was born after because at the time that Avery was conceived, Toby and Hannah had not been together for years. So Eve is older than Avery. So there, I mean, there is the chance or the possibility then that he didn't know about Eve, but because he was so, he was just so in love with Hannah, he knew about Avery. And so he was there. And then that's maybe why like now at the end of the book, Toby's, because he did, he did want to make or get a or have a relationship with Eve yeah yeah so maybe that's why like at the end of this book now that he knows he's like no 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 no. I want to get to know my daughter and that's where I think it's not quite so black and white because we don't get a lot we don't know what happened with Toby and her mother we don't know if you know maybe he had no idea or maybe 
he did know and he tried and the mother was like absolutely not you've you know you've let us all believe that you've been disappeared that you've disappeared for all this time Mm -hmm. whatever may have happened so I think before I can say my true feelings about what I think about that I would have to know for sure what happened with Toby and Eve's mom I agree and I like rereading that little end section it's apparent that Toby did not know that Eve's Mm -hmm. mom was pregnant and it feels like because he's so wanting to take care of Eve so I feel like it's pretty apparent that he's he didn't just like toss her away you know what I mean Mm -hmm. And and watching him with Avery I don't think he would have either I for sure agree and I feel like that like double standard is what kind of made me mad And why Mm -hmm. I was like, what is this? Like, this is not cool. Well, and without like fully and like when you're reading something and you're just so focused on what you're thinking at that moment and it's how you, you know, you're perceiving it one way and you're going to just run with that while you're reading and you don't have all the information. It's so much harder. And that's why I like this where you and I, yes, we do think similar in some of the things, but there's also times where it's like, well, think think about it this way though. Like, what if this was the case? And that's where I think it's, something that you know slowing down and just Mm -hmm. thinking like hey what is actually happening because I think at first I was kind of like wait what the fuck and then I thought about it for a second I was like well you know Mm -hmm. we don't know and he's been dead for Mm -hmm. how many years now (laughs) for sure all right let's get in to the harder questions Do you hold it against Thea for tricking Avery? I'm going to be completely honest. I never really liked Thea to begin with. I mean, I was kind of like, uh, okay, one like in this book, but I still didn't, I don't know. I just didn't really like her very much. I was kind of like, uh, all the shit you've done. I just don't, I don't know. I would have to, I feel like there wasn't much in her character that I really enjoyed or that I personally would have gotten along with either. So, I mean, Yes, kind of, in a way. And I think she could have made a completely different decision. Like, yes, I can't. Somebody was threatened. Who was it? Was it? Bex, her girlfriend. Yeah. So, I mean, she could have easily made a different decision, even so far as to go to one of the brothers or something and say, hey, this is what's happened. So that at least somebody can, like, Mm -hmm. maybe hide and know what's going on so that she's not in danger yeah like she just went about it in a way like she was so she had tunnel vision for saving bex but in that she she risked hurting somebody else and that's something for me i don't like I'm kind of like, especially in this sense where it's like, she could have even gone to a Ren. Yeah, that's true. Like, there were so many better options. You didn't have to just completely risk Avery's life, who is trying her hardest to figure all this shit out and get through this, and this big change. You didn't have to throw her under the bus and risk having her dead. That's so true. And like, I, I kind of am going to disagree with you on it because I don't blame Thea at all because there are multiple times throughout the book when something happens and Bex is emotional or Bex needs help with something and Thea feels like like I think she even says outright at one point like this is me atoning for picking Emily over Bex and I'm not gonna do it again like I'm not gonna pick anyone else over Bex because Bex is the most important person in my life and the fact that Bex was being threatened and Thea realizing that she needs like she will do anything for Bex even though it kind of sucks because Avery is Avery and she's the point of this whole thing. You know what I mean? I feel like I don't blame Thea 
for wanting to protect the person that she's in love with. That being said, I don't think it's great that she endangered somebody else to do that. But I don't blame her. I don't blame her for wanting to protect her, but I blame her in the way that she went about it because there were so many better and safer options for everyone involved. I definitely agree. And that's where it was kind of like, uh, really? Like, you just, can we use our, I know we're all 17, but can we just use our brains just a little bit? Because not only with that, just because she tricked Avery didn't necessarily mean that Bex was safe either you know and that's the risk that I felt like you know there was still a risk of that because I mean let's be completely honest uh what was his name Eli and Melly they were fucking crazy a little bit (laughs) like (laughs) I would not have put somebody I loves like I would not have put trust in like somebody that's crazy threatening them that like, oh, if I get them this random girl that really means nothing to me, they're going to let her go. I would have been like, oh, fuck, no, I'm finding a way to take you out, motherfucker. (laughs) So how did the spice change in this book? Did you like it? Also, love triangle thoughts, thoughts on Avery choosing Jameson at the end of the book. Ashley, give me your thoughts, please. I will forever be team reverse harem in this. that being said i will also forever be team grayson because morally gray is my life same so if i can't have the reverse harem then i will deal with having grayson (laughs) i do not like jameson i feel like jameson is using avery as a way to get out of his head because like he was the one at the beginning of the first book that was like kind of all mopey and weird and i I don't know i just don't really like him so the spice change in this book obviously there was a makeout scene that did not happen in the first book i was totally for that i'm okay with this progression granted i am over 18 so it is a little bit weird to read books with a lot of spice about people that are under 18 it makes me feel weird same that's why i can't read any of those high school books i'm like this feels a little pervy to me (laughs) i know and like i'm like it's gotta be maybe senior year after you turn 18 like i'll be okay maybe reading that as long as you're at least 18 It's like makes me feel weird when it's not that. Yeah. But um, okay. Love triangle thoughts. I will forever hate love triangles. Okay. I have said this and like I said this before and I'll say it again. I would rather stab myself in the stomach with a rusty knife and wait for a week before seeking medical attention than read a love triangle. I had your tetanus shot. Love triangles. I hate love triangle. I'm like, if there is two people that want one person, just everybody gets the person. <laughs> Make it a reverse harem. Come on, man. Exactly. Like, I'm like, who decided reverse harems weren't normal? You get more dick. You get more orgasms. Everybody loves everybody. Who cares? <laughs> anyway. Can so you tell I... <laughs> I don't mind love triangles as long as it done. I didn't mind it in this book. It was done in a different way than I've seen in the past. There are some love triangles where I'm like, what the fuck am I reading? This is stupid. This one I didn't mind. Um, the spice. I wouldn't really categorize it as spice, but okay, we'll move on from that. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're right. It's like a I agree with life. you in your <laughs> statement where if you're under 18 and I'm reading uh spice about people under 18 and uh no, not going there. We're not doing that. Um. 
my thoughts on Avery choosing Amos at the end of the book. I wanted to rip the book in half. Now, mind you, I bought this book and it is hell because it was signed. I wanted to rip it in half and throw it in the trash. I was not happy. <laughs> Since the first time we met Grayson, I have been, or been team Grayson. Now, I wouldn't have mind either if it was River's Harem, like Ashley was saying, but I am team Grayson and I will not change my mind. And I swear... I swear, if we don't get anything with Grayson ever and she stays with Jameson, I'm going to be mad. I don't mind Jameson. I love I love Jameson, right? But I just didn't feel like Jameson was right for Avery. Like, and I kind of agree with you a little bit. Like, I feel like in a way, and I don't think he's necessarily doing it on purpose, but I feel like he is using Avery. Like, he was, you know, the way he was when we first met him in the first book. Like, she brings something out of him. She makes him feel, feel a certain way. And I don't think he's necessarily doing it to be an asshole. But he is kind of using Avery to gain that. Yeah. And I don't like it. I don't like it. I want her with Grayson. Okay. Rant over before I lose my fucking mind and you listen to me rant for about an hour about that. (laughs) (laughs) Who will Avery end up with? I feel like that one's a hard one to say because there were clearly feelings for, I mean, you can kind of see it. She had feelings for both Jameson and Grayson. Oh my God. I just came up with a brilliant theory. All right. (laughs) Hang on to this. Hang on with me for this. Okay. Okay. Jennifer Lynn Barnes already has the LGBTQ plus representation that Bex and Theo's relationship has, right? I think it would be great to continue with this plus at the end of LGBTQ plus and just have her end up with both. Add some more variety. Variety is the spice of life. She should have everyone. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Would you feel really weird about you having both Jacob and his brother? Okay, that was gross. Why did why did you have to do that? Why did you have to ruin that for me? <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Oh my god. Ew. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, that's all I'm gonna say. I that's the only reason why I'm a little bit weird about the way you had put that, where I'm just like, you know, they're brothers. Not only that, let's be completely honest. They're Grayson like cannot share to save his fucking life. He is not gonna share Avery if he gets her. That's true. But, like, in my heart of hearts, I just want Avery to not have to pick because choosing sucks. And I feel like the author's version, any author's version of you don't have to pick is to make one of them really bad so that everybody wants one of the two people. And I don't like that. Like, when Gail blew up Prim, that was like the whole, all right, everybody wants her to be with Peta instead. So that's who we're going to go with. And when Jacob is freaking weird in Twilight and imprints on Renesmee, I feel like that is what everybody put like, oh, everybody wants her with Edward. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that is the YA author's version of solving a love triangle. And I don't want to hate any of these characters. So I just want her with both of them. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I feel like, though, when you think about it, though, because at the end of this book, before she went with Jameson um, onto the roof, she she thought about it and she made the decision for her yes, and what true. she needed at the time. And I think, well, at the time, yes, she probably needed Jameson and not Grayson. I don't think that if it does change and she's ends up with Grayson or whoever the fuck she ends up with, maybe she doesn't end up with either of them who knows maybe she ends up with max right (laughs) (laughs) so i think that at the end the way that she wrote avery is that i don't think it'll be and maybe i maybe i'm completely wrong and if i am i will let you slap me 
um, for putting this hope in your head. But maybe it's that, you know, what she needs changes and who she needs changes. Mm. Instead of having, like, a some big blowout and, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you can slap me when the third book comes out if I'm wrong. I, I, will, fly to, I will fly to North Carolina just so you can slap me. <laughs> just Bet. meet me at the airport, slap me, I'll get back on the plane. <laughs> but cool, bye. <laughs> All right. Any more thoughts on that? No, because if I keep going, I'm going to rant and we're going to be here forever. And I want dinner. (laughs) Okay. What do you think about the villain being Grayson's dad? And how will that impact the rest of the series, i.e. the third book? I'm going to be completely honest. I kind of felt like, I don't know, to me, it almost didn't make sense that it was Grayson's dad because I was like, dude, you don't know any of these fuckers. Like, the only, like, I understand he wanted to get revenge because, you know, Toby killed what was his nephew or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I understand that, but it still felt really weird to me and almost like it just didn't fit. So I'm almost thinking, like, there's gotta be maybe somehow, somewhere, somebody else has made him believe this or whatever and, you know, to get what they want. Like, I, I mean, let's be completely honest. Guy used Drake to make Drake shoot Avery yeah so it's not like it would have been it's not like it would have been something weird if somebody used Grayson's dad to be the villain I feel like well okay I really didn't mind the villain being Grayson's dad I didn't like that the villain was somebody new that was introduced in this book because I feel like it keeps the trilogy from kind of sealing cohesively together Mm -hmm. so however I feel like the villain being Grayson's dad and the villain and chef being the one that kidnapped Avery and wanted to kill Avery and put all of this danger on Avery I feel like Grayson is going to because he just met his dad he didn't know his dad and now his dad's dead so I feel like Grayson is going to kind of take that guilt onto himself and it's going to like make him be like self-sacrificing in a way that like I don't deserve Avery because the genes that I come from did these bad things to Avery. So I see Grayson's mental health and mental strength deteriorating in this third book. And then Avery's on Team Grayson. Yes, Avery says I love, I knew where you were going with it really early on. And I was like, yep, yes, I love where she's going with this. Like, I'm like, that is how I feel like that relationship is going to go. I guess when you put it like that, that makes a lot of sense. But for what we have in the books we have in front of us, I was just really confused because I was like, dude, this we met him not that freaking long ago and now he's here threatening Avery and we don't, like, I don't know. I just It just felt random and weird. But I like what you had said. Like, that is actually a very good thought. Very good theory. I like that. Oh, thank you. I worked on it all <laughs> night. <laughs> Um, also, okay, do you think that we're going to meet Xander's dad and Jameson's dad? I hope so. Like, because we met the other two, and I hope so, because maybe then we can also get a, because we got a little bit of background on the other two's dads, like a little bit, Mm -hmm. and I want to know about Xander and Jameson's. I agree. I do want to know too, and I hope it happens. This is totally weird and totally random. But, like, every time I forget that Xander's first name is Alexander. Because, like, every time I think of Alexander, please don't make fun of me for this. But, like, I think of the musical Hamilton and how it's like, Alexander Hamilton. And, like, it's the only thing I think of. And, like, I sing this little song in my head and do, like, this little shoulder dance. Like, I'm like, Alexander Hamilton. Like, 
You may not know this yet. How far are you in Zodiac Academy or have you not started it yet? Uh, the second one. Have you met Have you met Xavier yet? No. Okay. Xander and I remember are for in the Inheritance games. I had accidentally called Xander Xavier. Oh, because you made that Freudian slip. He reminds me of Xavier from... Um, Zodiac Academy, I wish and I you'll 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 that. understand it when once you get there and you get to know him a little bit better, you'll understand. You'll be like, "Bitch, why the fuck did you now make me see that?" Because now I just see what his what Xavier's order form is every time I read about Xander, and oh. it kills me. Well, now I'm intrigued. I'm gonna definitely have to add that to my TBR ATM right the fuck now. It's happening right now. Okay, okay. I'm still I still just feel nothing but like absolute depression after the seventh book so i'm real mad with those authors academy (sighs) the first book is the awakening it's the gemini right yes read for free add to list it was it's really fucking long but so worth it okay (gasps) okay do you have any other things you want to talk about lex not that i can think of all right lexi what in the fuck are you reading so currently what i am like in the middle of reading is the until series by aurora rose reynolds now ashley already knows this story but let me just share my pain with everybody else i'm on tiktok Friday night, enjoying my time, my dog screaming at me to come to bed. I'm not quite ready, wanting to find a book to read. I stop on this video. This author posted the video, sounded like a good book. The music and the video that was used just made me go, oh my God, I'm already in love. Um, only to find out that it is book six in like the little like spinoff series of the Until series. So I started uh, Until November, loved it, then read Until Trevor. That one, honestly, I think might have been my favorite one. So Until Lily, and then I'm currently on Until Nico. That one's pretty good. It's different than the others, but basically they're all brothers. And you know, the way that the way that it is, is and the way that their dad, like in the first book describes is like, once you find your like, boom, you're one. And then it's just crazy shit happens. So I'm just not even going to get into that book because I have a whole ass rant about it because I'm really frustrated that I didn't just, because they're all, they can all be standalones. Why the fuck did I not just read the one I wanted to read first and then go back? Because now I'm dying. Anyways, moving on from that. So I read my Roman by Rosecroft. Don't remember much of it. I just remember it was good. So there's that. Then the one that I read on Friday, because I was sick for the last couple days. So I pretty much just read um The Fine Print by Lauren Asher. Oh my God. I love Love this book so fucking much. Zara, fucking love her. I was just like instantly when we met her, I was like, oh my God, I love you. Yes, you're the best. <laughs> so that one is a cute one. So, oh my God, what what's the what's the main character's name? What's his name? Fuck. Uh, I can't remember for the life of me. Can't either. Was, I did love that book too. It, his name Rowan. is... <laughs> Zara and Rowan, I loved them together. I felt like we kind of, I we... We got a pretty good amount of character growth from both of them. I felt like within the book, Rowan um has he has like six months to change. I can't remember exactly what it was, but change, make a big like, change with Dreamland mm-hmm. uh, as part of what his grandfather wanted, so that he could keep his share of the company. And within that, he met Zara, who sent in a drunken report, which I loved, um, criticizing one of the most popular rides. And they just he gives her a creator job. They work together. Oh my. God, it was just great. I loved it. Okay. I totally agree. All right. Then I also read this one. Now, this one is another one that caused me to have a little bit of a headache after figuring out because I read this 
this book and then figured out that it's the guy's point of view from a series and I believe the that whole series, it's called The Hunted Series, and it's by Ivy Smoke. It, I think that whole series was written from her point of view. I'll be honest. I don't want to read the rest of the series because I loved getting inside of his head. I think his name is James. I loved it. He, like, just the way he thought, it kind of, it almost reminded me a little bit of, um peep show when we got inside of his okay, head yeah so I I loved it and I was like and it left on a little bit of a cliffhanger and now I'm like okay so I either skip book one from her point of view because I've already read it and I really don't want to read it from her point of view or I just don't read the rest of the series so I'm trying to decide now what to do I just loved being in his head so I'm at a point where I'm like I don't want to read it from somebody else's point of view fuck that I kind of relate because sometimes there's books that do that and I'm like I would read this but I don't really want to you know what I mean anyway all right what are you reading <laughs> all right since we last met I read Room Hate by Penelope Ward I was expecting this book to be knock it out the park kinky and it was not so also there was a pregnancy trope that I was not expecting and I am a sucker for the pregnancy trope if anyone knows me I love oh, pregnancy sure. tropes and I was this is not the normal pregnancy trope where like oh my god you knocked me up I'm gonna run away like that kind of thing no she gets pregnant with somebody else's kid and like also this book had gorgeous like you know when you see a grown ass attractive man holding a baby and you're like you're just like oh my god have my children you know what I mean yeah like this book had that and it was beautiful um also it was a little bit of like a musician uh like a musician on the road relationship you know what I mean Mm. it had a lot in this book it was good it's not very long I've read it all in like a day but it was good uh as far as like rating for it goes I gave it a four out of five and a three out of five for spice because my dude they had sex like one and a half times one and a half a half (laughs) yes no it was like a fade to black bullshit and I hate to black bullshit. I don't mind it, but it's only when it's like, I know for a fact I'm going into YA and there's going to yeah. be nothing that's going to be like really spicy. But when I'm sorry, but you said one and a half times. So that means you got one sex scene. Yeah. And then, sh- and then there was a fate to black. What? You can't do that. You can't mix them together. I know. And like one of them was like, it was like one of those sex scenes where like, nobody says cock and nobody says like clit or like stuff like that like I'm like her nub or like her button (laughs) no 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 I was like oh my god no 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 I don't think I I don't think if I read that I don't think I would have been able to finish it I would have had to put it down I've been like I'm so uncomfortable right now just because of what you're calling everything I can't (laughs) either that or I would skip all like everything Anyway, I liked it though, but the spice just wasn't there and I was totally expecting spice. So that was disappointing. Anyway, it's a good book. Next, I read From Lukov with Love by Mariana Zapata. I read this. I wanted to read that so bad I almost read it. I read this because on Booked and Boozy podcast, shout out, go listen. um, One of the girls, Jada, said that she has been looking for the perfect ice skating book and that this one is the one that she found and so I was like oh hell yeah bet it was really good I gave it a three and a half it was a slow motherfucking burn okay I hate 
slow burns. So I'll like it then. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, are they going to kiss ever? Like, I'm like 80% of the way through the book. I'm like, where is my motherfucking kiss scene? Okay. Like, I just want one. <laughs> I just want one. So <laughs> anyway, it was a great book. It was just fun. My fucking slow burn. Oh my god. Um, It was cool with all of the figure skating and ice skating terms. It was pretty dope. Also, some of it got like really into her mental health and her thoughts about herself. Um, And I thought that was really interesting. It was a really cool take on it because it wasn't like somebody come out and say like, hey, she's depressed. But like, you can tell that she's like not quite in the headspace. She's got a lot of self-loathing. Um, But it was really good. I really liked it. All right. Next. Of course, I read the fine print by laura asher so, so good. It was i so good. really like this book i read this one because um on ooh, which podcast is it akatar podcast shout out number two um go listen to them blake one of the co-hosts was like it's like a kinky bdsm disneyland and i was like bdsm disneyland give me all of it and then I was rather disappointed because this motherfucker yeah. is not BDSM. That, that was not how I would have described it. But I did really like this book still. <laughs> I do too. Um, I gave it a four out of five and a three and a half out of five for Spice because there was multiple sex scenes. They were all pretty okay. Nothing too kinky, which was rather disappointing. You'll like the Until series for sure. Okay. There's also, if you read Until Lily, you'll like that one. There's a pregnancy trope in there. Yes. Okay, reading it. Um, so I thought it was a really cute and unique story. Um, the characters were awesome together. I liked the representation in this book because I feel like there is a lot of representation for LGBTQ plus couples. But my favorite thing is representation of disabled, like dis- different disabilities. Mm-hmm. And like, I love one of my favorite series has a character that is deaf, a different character that's blind and like different characters like that. I love the stories and how people like, because they love them, they learn to like adapt and make their life easier. I love it. One of my favorites. See, I love, I love stories that have that representation as long as it's done right. I've read some where it's like, you didn't do them justice at all. I like, would, this I was sure really shitty. And that's where it gets really hard. And that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to read bo- some books because I'm like, but is this going to be correct representation or is this just going to piss me off because you just did a stereotype? I definitely would agree with that because you're right. It's definitely like how the author writes it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to find the series here because it's one of my favorite um okay it's a series by Leela Rose there's multiple like different series one of them is called Blackout and it's about a girl and she is blind and she's blind in that like she was in a fire or something and she lost her sight but her sister is taking advantage of her because she gets a check because she's taking care of her disabled sister and it's a biker book so like the biker is like Oh my gosh. The biker comes and is like, you're fucked up, baby. You're coming to live with me. Like that kind of shit. It's comes real cute. He fucks shit up, but then saves her. <laughs> yeah, it was mad cute. Um, Let me find where the... Cause- this one had one of my favorite and one of the only MM books that I really, really love. Um, it's called the Hawks MC series, if anybody wants to read it. Okay, um, hold on. I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> it's it's phenomenal. Um, the first book is, hold on, where is it? 
The first book is called Finding Out. They're really short books, so like that's really nice. Um, and she's doing a continuation series of like the next generation. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like the one that I'm reading now, where it's continued on for the next generation of the family and whatever. Yeah, um, I kind of also... like. It. I'm not gonna lie, I've never read a never read a series like this, but I actually really like it. Bro, they're really good. It's one of my favorites. Um, also, what, the one that I'm like trying to find the title of for the MM one it's oh it's one of my favorite just because one of the characters they're both like in the mc and one of them is like out like he is like i am gay and the Mm -hmm. other character is not like he doesn't think he's gay he says he's not gay but the character that is out his name is beast he goes deaf so he can't hear and so he's trying to like get on top of like being deaf and being part of the deaf community and like the one who likes him but isn't sure like why he feels that way because he's like I'm straight I don't understand whatever and then it comes to the point where he's like I like women but I like you more than I like women it's not that I like men it's that I like you and it's super cute because he ends up going to all of these like sign language classes so that he can learn to communicate with him and like still be close to him and it's really cute also there's this really awesome poly romance in here too that has kind of the same vibe where it's like I don't like men but I like you Mm -hmm. anyway one of my faves sorry okay next (laughs) dirty first dates Halloween haunt by Harley LaRue it was very short it was very kinky it was absolutely what I needed I read it in like one hour it's like really fucking short okay um also it's got major degradation kink so be aware of that if you decide to read it all right then I read Untouchable by Sam Mariano. This shit was dirty, okay? So <laughs> the first one, at first, within the first little bit, you have to get through like the first two chapters because it's really hard to get through the first two chapters. There is major triggers on this book, okay? Major triggers. It's a bully romance. Okay. So it's, okay, I really liked it regardless. It gave it a four out of five and a four and a half out of five for Spice because the dude is really into dirty, kinky sex and likes it when the girl struggles, okay? So that can be kind of a line, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like that was, kind of why I would say be sure to read your triggers if you read that one. Next, Fighting Destiny by Amelia Hudgens. I finished this book last night, okay? I was stoked because right off the bat, this shit is kinky, okay? (laughs) And I was... I was for it. Like, I was like, oh my God, give it all to me. And then it really slowed down. I was really mad. And like, I'm really intrigued because at the end, it ends on a- Is that the one you have in your hand? Yes. Okay, I have that one on my Kindle Unlimited. I have it ready. And then I saw that you were going to read it. So I was like, I'm just going to wait for Ashley to (laughs) read it and tell me if it's worth it. It's totally worth it. I would agree that it's worth it. Um, The dude, hot as balls. Okay. (laughs) Hot as fuck. And shit was kinky. I was totally for it. Um, I liked the two characters together. I did not like them when they were apart from each other. Also, it's really interesting because you don't know what he is or what she is. So it's like, I wonder what the fuck they are. Like, 
<laughs> the look on your face when you said that. So anyway, um, I finished it and promptly ordered the next one, and it will be here on Monday. So <laughs> I'm ready for that. Um, anyway, I gave this one. It's also Fighting Destiny is the first book in the Fae Chronicles. There is a major um, trigger warning at the beginning of this too. So read it. The trigger is really funny to read, actually. Um, so I gave it a three and a half out of five and a four out of five because it's not mad kinky but it's definitely like pretty kinky um because also <laughs> can we talk about he can make his dick change sizes like, okay he can add inches and take inches away like excuse me and what is this he doesn't have to work at all and like move he can just change his dick away. oh my god that's trash i don't support that um she's too tired but he still wants to make her oh my god shut up i hate you so much right now okay next i'm reading the contract by melanie moreland and it's pretty good it's a um this dude is like he works in an advertisement firm and he wants to change firms, but the firm he's going to is like a huge emphasis on family. So he gets his PA to sign a contract to be his fiance. And you know how that goes. <laughs> I'm like 11% in. So I'm just getting the part where they like bring out the contract and sign it. But I'm pretty excited for that one. And then I'm also starting These Violent Delights. I need to start that one. Is it- yeah, Chloe Gong. I really need to read that one. I really need to start it. Me too, because the reason I'm starting it is because I bought the second book. So I'm like, I feel okay doing this. I need to get the second book. But I know that the second I know that the second I walk into Barnes and Noble, it's over and all of my money will be gone. Really, so I've been holding off. That's why I just buy them on Amazon because I'm like, this way I only buy what I need. See, I don't go very many places, so I will take any chance I can to leave the house, even if that means spending all my money on books. That's fine. Um, I like my house, and I prefer plus, never to leave it. Plus, I, I really like my driving my Jeep, and because gas is so expensive right now, I can't afford to drive it, so any chance I can take to drive that, I'll also take. So That's true. Oh, fun. Life's fun. <laughs> all right. Well, let us know how you like this episode. Um, Obviously, social media, TikTok is blues.library, Instagram is blues.library, and blues.library podcast. Both of those are on Insta. Um, If you want to see the physical version of our looks instead of us just describing, go ahead and hit us up there. Also, super fun news, the TikTok Blues Library hit 1,000 followers. So there is. The next book is Tyrant. It is the second book in the King series, and it is by T.M. Frazier. All right. All right. We will see you guys next week. Everybody have a super safe and awesome week. Um, Bye. Bye.